Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for February 15th, 2023. Inflation's impact on corporate earnings. In today's podcast, we're going to discuss two important measures that affect the economy and financial markets, corporate earnings and inflation, and how these two factors intersect. With the Q4 earnings season largely completed, Earnings growth looks to be down about 5% year-over-year. And according to FactSet, this is the first decline on a year-on-year basis since Q3 2020. Is this a harbinger for further earnings decline ahead? And what does this mean for the equity market? And at the same time, the slowing in inflation has moderated. What does that indicate about pricing power within different sectors of the economy? And how will the Fed react? Well, to talk through these important topics, we have Nationwide Senior Vice President and Chief Economist Kathy Bastancic and Economist Scott Murray. Let's start this conversation with you, Kathy. All eyes were on this week's release of the January Consumer Price Index report. The strong advances in the headline and core inflation readings came in as expected, but there was a collective disappointment in the report. Why was that? And what is your expectation going forward, especially in terms of how this could influence Fed policy? Yes, thanks, Brian. Well, the the January um, Consumer Price Index advanced at the headline half a percent. And when you exclude food and energy, which is the core CPI reading, increased four tenths. And and that was right in line with our expectation and also the consensus uh, forecast. Um, the reason there is a bit of a collective disappointment is that the year-on-year rate only eased a tenth of a percentage point at both the headline and the core. So because we had such a strong advance, you saw a moderation in the slowing in in the downward trend in inflation. So headline inflation slowed from 6.5% in December to 6.4% in January. And the the core CPI slowed from 5.7% to just 5.6%, 5.6%, both of those measures still being very elevated, you know, if you especially benchmarked against the Fed Reserve's target of, of 2%. So this still elevated and sticky inflation is going to keep pressure on the Fed Reserve to keep interest rates rising. And and that's particularly true because the service inflation continues to, to run even, even faster than, far faster than the Fed's uh, comfort would be. And and this isn't particularly the case when we saw a tight labor market become even measurably tighter in January. And then this morning we, we had confirmation that because employment was strong, which spurs very buoyant personal income gains, that this fed through to higher consumer spending. The retail sales report rose 3%. We were looking for an increase closer to 2%, still looking for a strong reading, but it even eclipsed that as well. And that's really primarily the good side of the economy. We know service consumption is also remaining pretty resilient here. So we're getting set up for a very strong consumer spending increase in the month of January, and and that's going to bolster first quarter consumer spending and and GDP. What that also does, though, it keeps 
inflation higher than it otherwise would be. I mean, what the Federal Reserve is trying to do is cool down domestic demand, cool down the labor market so inflation will cool. Now, we are seeing dramatic cooling on the good side of of, uh, the economy. So core goods inflation declined to 1.4% from 2.1% in December, and that's down from around 12% at the, the recent peak. And the 1.4% reading in January is the lowest reading since February 2020-21. What we saw in in the details there is that used car and truck prices, they continue to drop, but somewhat of a warning signal in that Mannheim um, wholesale used vehicle prices actually turned up. There's a bit of a lag there of, of a few months. But, you know, that said, still core goods disinflation is, has been pretty impressive, even if it's been a bit later than what the Federal Reserve and some of us were hoping for, it's still been quite impressive. But the problem and where the stickiness is, is in that core service inflation. Overall, core service prices rose another half a percent in January. That lifted the year-on-year rate to 7.2 percent, so very rapid. Now, Fed Chairman Powell um, has guided us um, to look at something called the super core uh, service uh, inflation measure. And what that does is takes core services and excludes the very rapid gains we've seen in rental prices. Um, And the reason for that is that new rental leases have cooled quite meaningfully. And we know that with a lag, eventually the rental component that's part of CPI will decelerate as well. Um, But as you know, rental prices, usually when you go in a rental agreement, it's a one year, maybe two year lease. So the most recent declines and rental costs aren't being fully captured here. But eventually that should feed through. So what Chairman Powell is suggesting, which is quite a a rational way to look at things is, let's look at this core services X rent. Well, there still the news is not great uh, because we we see uh, that measure rose according to our calculations about four tenths of percent on the month, and that only allowed the year and year rate to ease from six point two to six point one, and six point one percent is just still too high for the Federal Reserve's comfort level, and um, and is still you know well above what would be consistent with again getting back to two percent. So. What we think that that racy inflation numbers, along with the fact that first quarter GDP growth now looks like it may be closer to 3%, real consumer spending closer to 5%, looks as if it just bolsters the Fed's um, tightening resolve in that they probably extend rate increases through June, lifting the Fed funds rate to five and a quarter and uh, a target range of five and a quarter to 5.5%. And then importantly, they hold it at that restrictive level through 2023. So as a consequence, we still see uh, a moderate recession unfolding in the second half of, of this year. And it's really being led by still pretty strong and, and aggressive Fed tightening um, to a point where they, again, their aim is slowly, uh, inflation down, the way to do that is to slow the economy. Yeah, thanks, Kathy. Yeah, Scott, let's turn to the financial markets here. Corporate earnings sank in Q4, and the guidance did not look very optimistic. Yet the equity market rallied strongly, it has rallied strongly since the start of the year. 
So what is your take on the earnings guidance and equity market reaction? How do valuations look relative to our forecast for a moderate recession in the second half of 2023? Great. Thanks for the question. And the bloom is definitely off the rose. Throughout 2020-22, the earnings were earnings growth were hanging on. Right? Every quarter it was a a fight to keep it positive. And the ship was lost in the third quarter. Starting expectations were starting for down three and ended up coming in. And we're, you know, three quarters of the way through the the names in the 500 right now. So we're down 5%. And what's interesting is that revenue growth is still positive, but just marginally at 2%. So what is that telling you? That telling you that the margins, the margins have been compressed as we're going forward. And, and you know, consumer discretionary has been one of the key category that's been right in the target range for losing margin. And it's not you know, just a 2022 story. It's really now falling into 2023. We have, in terms of warnings, we have four times more warnings than uh, uh, expectations for better performance in the first quarter. And the overall earnings growth rate expected has now come down to just 3%. So as we look in this continuing um, you know, water torture of losing uh, earnings growth really is pointing the fact it's going to be a very rough year in 2023 for corporate America. And they're going to, no doubt, try their best and maybe a, got a little bit of a ray of sunshine today with the uh, uh, better retail sales numbers. But it's still that in the crosshairs is the... Uh, the uh, earnings. And really, that then falls into the multiple. And throughout this pandemic, until the beginning of last year, we were generally the multiple underneath the five-year average. And now it's the opposite. We've actually moved up to 18, which is slightly above that five-year. So that earnings multiple support, that valuation support in the industry is now been falling away. And I think really that's a problem that the investors are going to have to look at as we move into this year. So it's really going to be a challenge. It's a continuation of a trend that we've seen. And I think that's going to be really problematic as the market tries to digest, you know, it's a sense of optimism. It's been, you know, had a poor performance last year, but halfway through, we sort of picked up some momentum. And I think it's going to be really challenged to carry that momentum through as we see the profit margins being in the crosshairs. Thanks, Scott. You know, up until the reality check of the January CPI report, the equity market has been applauding the decline in inflation. However, corporate pricing power was revived under the run-up of inflation that followed the COVID-induced recession. And this helped widen profit margins and boost profits. So what does the continued, albeit gradual, decline in inflation mean for corporations' profit margins? That's a great question. And really, the general thought process was that when you got over 4%, the profit margins were going to be 
problematic. The problem with that analysis is it really mostly depended on the 70s and the 80s. And, you know, the 2010s, inflation really didn't, uh, wasn't there at all. And so we've sort of re-looked at that and seen that inflation really has a, you know, contributing to profit margins, about of a ratio between two to one compared to growth in GDP. So it's really a dominant factor in it. And as we do see this decline, deceleration in inflation throughout this year, I think that's going to be really hard for the market to focus on. And just, you know, the the numbers are just staggering, right? You know, consumer discretionary uh, had an 8% margin and now it's down to 5%. Uh, You know, even the staples category, never never the home run hitter in the the margin uh, sweepstakes, at 7% moving back down to 6. Now, you know, other sectors are moving in different directions, energy still doing well and that's probably going to help a little bit in the margin story. But as we look ahead to lower inflation and as we start seeing the problems of corporate America bleeding into the economy, bleeding into the labor market, bleeding uh, into confidence in the consumers, I think it's going to be really a challenge to keep these profit margins. And we will probably see again another water torture where we saw in earnings in 2020. I think it's really going to galvanize itself at the profit margin level. And I think that's really has an impact not just on the valuations of the market, but in the labor market itself. And so we've got to really keep our, you know, pencils sharpened as we look at corporate earnings, because it is, it's really the bread and butter of the market. And it really, at the end of the day, you know, away from the hype really shows what an investor can do. And that's going to be a real problem for the market in 2023. Thanks, Scott. And Kathy, back to you now. You've had a chance to look at the CPI report that came out this week. Uh, Which sectors of the economy continue to experience pricing power? And what role does the still red-hot labor market play in shaping inflation and earnings? Yeah, and I would say that this idea of pricing power, as Scott indicated, is is quite important, not just in terms of where inflation um, travels going forward, but also potentially on on the profit margins. Because if companies um, continue to have very strong pricing power, um, they, they could continue to boost or help their overall revenue uh, growth, even if demand starts to slow a bit. Um, so when you looking at the, the the breakdown of the CPI data, well, as I said earlier, there's a real uh, dichotomy between uh, what's happening in the goods sector and the service sector, and that reflects well several factors. One, it um, most notably reflects the consumer shifting its purchases. Um, away or not as strongly in favor of goods towards services. Now, of course, retail sales this morning show that consumers did uh, purchase quite a bit of goods as well. But overall, we've seen since health conditions have improved, um, people feel more confident um, dining out and traveling. They're doing that because there's huge pent up demand for spending in the the service sector. Um, What that has done is is, um, boosted 
um, pricing power, it keeps pricing power in the service sector high or boosted it, and we see that reflected in the inflation numbers. So while core goods inflation has come down sharply from double digits to you know one a little bit over one percent, um, core services on the other hand um, continue to to soar higher. Um, and when you look within the category, um, in homeowners, if you're a, a landlord. You um, have enjoyed good pricing power, although more recent data suggests that maybe that some of that's cooling. But certainly in anything that's related to travel, um, there's still strong pricing power, particular hotels uh, and motel. Um, also, you know, for, for restaurants, food away from home, dining um, continues to be strong pricing power. Also, transportation services in general. Um, now, airline fares have eased a bit the last few months, but if you look at the year-on-year rate, they're still up 25%. Um, so anyone who's traveling knows you're facing higher airfares and, and hotel prices at this point and, and also restaurants. Um, also, um, we see that in, in other transportation services as well, and also motor vehicle maintenance and repair. Um, the, the prices continue to soar there, one, because even if chips are available for the cars, um, you're seeing other materials are in short supply, um, but also labor um, continues to, to uh, be quite expensive in that sector, and that's being priced on uh, to the consumer. Um, so those are the areas that, you know, kind of, continue to do well. I think in the good sector, the one area that is still been quite resilient, although the pricing power is cooled a little bit, is in, in the new auto sector. Um, but because there's still really strong pent-up demand, and the demand tends to be um, skewed to the more upper-income households, one, because car prices have increased so much that it's really making it tough for lower income and, and lower middle income households to to purchase new vehicles. And they're still looking at used cars and trucks, but it does look like the auto sector, particularly for new vehicles, still has some pricing power there. Um, and, and in terms of, you know, the, how does the labor market uh, play into inflation and earnings? So, you know, I think the concern would be that because the service sector um, demand is so strong, both from the consumer, but also from employers, and and we have a dwindling pool of available workers, um, and uh, the unemployment rate fell to 3.4%. That's the lowest in peacetime period in the U.S. So you know, the potential is that wage growth, which had been moderating, um, could stall out or even can maybe do a bit of a U-turn. Um, and again, that raises um, inflation overall, particularly for services, which are very labor intensive. And in terms of earnings, um, you know, that gets back to what Scott was saying, um, is that you get a profit margin crimp. It could be that maybe revenue um, is resilient and, and they maintain some pricing power, but if um, employment costs um, rise um, or, or don't ease very much, that, that continues to put pressure on, on corporate profits and, and margins. So th- these are the factors we have to watch going forward. Um, I would say up until this point, the equity market has been very optimistic that these factors would all play out in a positive way. Um, surprisingly, even though we get these strong data uh, for January, normally it may be good news, but this time it may be that it's just too good for and too hot for the economy's own sake and Federal Reserve has to come in and cool things off. Well, thank you, Kathy. Let's go ahead and wrap it up there. 
Thank you both for your perspectives on inflation and corporate earnings. Join us next time as we discuss the impact that inflation and the rise in interest rates have had on the housing industry. Be sure to subscribe so you're notified when each new episode is released. Until next time, for Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2023, Nationwide.